Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to On the Table Gaming, episode 105. And today I'm joined by Josh, and we're going to be exploring the recently revealed previewed units coming to A Song of Ice and Fire. So, Josh, thanks for coming to the podcast. You're welcome, Chase. All right. So, you know, we got to get up there in that rookery and take a look at some of these new information we've got about cool units coming to A Song of Ice and Fire. So we'll get on up there. Here we go. Whew. All right. So first off, oh my gosh, what exciting news. So in the Asmodee uh, UK pre-order form, um, there was the reveal of some units that had hitherto not been known, which included things like the Golden Company, Car Starks, and some future hero boxes. So there's a lot of, here to speculate about. Uh, and maybe yeah. I think the, the the biggest news was probably the mention of the Golden Company. And this is a kind of a faction that's, I would say, is probably one of the most hotly requested for the game. 100%. I mean, it's it's it, they're almost like the Boba Fett of Game of Thrones in that, like, <laughs> in the in the actual work, they're, they're not in there that much. But then, like, the coolness factor and, like, the amount people like them for how little they actually have done is uh is pretty pretty sweet like it's more like the mystique around them than right. it is about their actual deeds yeah because everybody i mean what have they done they've marched around a lot in the books i know they've sort of switch shifted alliances a little bit but it's like all the characters only once chase only once did they ever break a contract <laughs> and they've and they've uh but everyone talks about them with like such reverence they're like oh no the golden yeah. company's coming like what are we gonna do yes and then of course on the show spoiler alert <laughs> that was the that whole season was hilarious but yeah. That was, that, was their equivalent, that was their equivalent of Boba Fett getting accidentally knocked into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> that, that's it. That was them. Okay. Uh, Great. Yeah. Um, and it's tougher there because it was, uh, they're trying to, like, show you the stakes are so real. Yeah. By, like, these awesome guys just got obliterated so quickly. But, you know, for a lot of people maybe who hadn't read the books or they weren't necessarily as hyped up in the series. We're just like, oh, okay, who are those guys? They're, they're gone. They've been toasted. Still kind of deflating because, like, they made a big deal about them, like, getting enough cash to hire them. Right. And then they're like, all right, they're here. It's really scary. And then they're like, oh, no, they're all dead. They just need another Euron in a, in a boat. <laughs> you know, that would have done it. Yes. Um, whose crossbow, who's crossbow <laughs> only works when the plot needs it to. Hey, there were some crossbows on those walls. They could have, uh, they could have, he, he could have just manned them all. Deleted scenes or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll see if we ever get a redux here. Or maybe we, we are holding out hope for the books. But yeah, so release, in, release the chase cut. In the books, uh, the Golden Company is about 10,000 people, right? So it's got a huge mounted contingency. It's got a bunch of elephants. And, you know, we've got your swordsmen, your crossbowmen. So it's a pretty fleshed out force. Uh, and it's known for really uh, getting the job done, right? To kind of like a, almost like a legendary extent. They're known for their like unwavering and, you know, unwavering steadfastness in the, in the front of, you know, overwhelming odds. Exactly. So you know, the, with the that, cream of the cream of the mercenary crop, right? Like they're yeah. the ultimate professional soldiers who are just badass mercenaries. And so, you know, we have three units that got listed, you know, on this pre-order form. We've got the Golden Company Elephants, the Swordsmen, and the Crossbowmen. Mm. What do you think? Any predictions on what we might see as maybe being like a defining feature of some of these units? Great question. I, I'm going to go out on our limb. I think elephants are going to trample the mammoths. That makes do. sense. So it's going to be kind of like a, a mammoth reskin, you think? Well, but I, here's what I think. I also think the Golden Company is going to like throw some archers on their backs. 
like the old Muma kill oh, from Lord of the Rings. Oh man, that's my that's my speculation. Okay, okay. they're gonna take a cue from Euron and be like, "Here we go. We need." <laughs> yeah, yeah that, would, that, that would make sense. I wonder what they do. Like, you know, the the mammoths aren't. Uh, the mammoths are naturally kind of resilient in their own right. They've got a pretty big, uh, you know, they've got, they've got eight wounds and three plus armor. I don't really know. Could you maybe have a, a mammoth that was more armored than that? That maybe seems a little bit terrifying in itself. I wonder if you might see them with like some sort of plating. But the more I say that, the more I think you're probably right. I, it's not going to be that because there's not as much design space there. If you gave it some sort of, you know, slight ranged option maybe it would make it a little bit more versatile well i mean to me it's like i don't expect the golden company to be cheap units i expect them to be like very expensive badass units right they're like the most expensive to field like in the lore so it makes sense for them to be the most expensive to field like in a tabletop scenario so i almost expect them to have like you know just hyper elite models right like maybe elephants are like a you know a nine point model maybe even a 10 point model but they're just gross so you know the and then the swords uh, the 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 sword men and the crossbow men we might be see variations. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking maybe there's something to do with morale there. Although I mean that kind of makes sense. The one thing I couldn't settle on was um, there's so much made in the books about how you know this is pay this company, pay this company. Would they maybe make use of the wealth zone? But on the flip side, it was like once you paid them, like you didn't really need to worry about it as long as they're going to get paid. Like they wouldn't flip sides. So right. like maybe the wealth zone wouldn't make sense because it's like. You know, why do you need to control the wealth zone if once you, you've done it, you're good? Good question. I I think, you know, this is going to fit into like a really interesting space in like the neutrals in particular, because, you know, we've already got obviously like some heavily armored neutral infantry with things like black guards, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you have some ranged ability with like the, you know, uh, the bastards girls. But this is like, I think to me, you're going to be looking at like more of like a heavy elite infantry and a true dedicated range unit to add into the into the mix. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. I also get a little bit scared about uh, just neutrals in general. Like, And I get it's such a great thing. It's such a force multiplier that the more attachments and units you have out there, the more diversity there are in tons of lists. Um, mm-hmm. But I do worry if you have like a super high morale unit that is available for like lots of factions, you know, that's that's a pretty big hole for some factions. And I know that, you know, you can only take yeah. up to 50 percent of your list. But, you know, sometimes it's nice to be able to be like, OK, like, you know, this faction does this really well, but we know they're going to have some morale weaknesses. I'll play into that when right. it's like, well, now they've got this other object to maneuver around. Does throw a little bit. I guess I'm not such a big deal about the units because you can always outmaneuver units. I think a lot of times it's like the attachments. Those uh. Those hedge knight attachments, those are those are giving me a little bit of fits. Oh, they're great for one point, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think like a parallel would be like something like in magic cards, right? You've got artifacts are like the generic, you know, sort of card type that can fit into any deck because the, the mana cost is generic. Similar idea here is that like when the artifacts are too good, it pushes like everything else out of the way, right? And so, you know, you do want to be careful. And, you know, I know they're aware of this, that they don't want neutrals to be like better than everything else. Like just mm-hmm. like when, remember when um, Floyd men were like, easily the best cavalry in the game right yeah. they were just so good and then you know basically everyone was like okay we're starting with like as much of that neutral stuff as we can fit in and then the rest of our faction so it does water down sort of your faction specific stuff um but I, I, that said i still think it's really cool that you can insert these guys into any collection you have it's really great for bolstering new factions where not all of their stuff is out yet right like i ran a lot of boltons with my baratheons to fill in like you know ranged options and mounted options so i think it's just 
just, you know, they just have to make sure they strike the right balance. Man, these pe- people are going to be so excited when this starts to come out. Any any crazy thoughts here? Like, I mm. keep thinking like, oh, they're definitely neutral, right? Like, by definition, they're mercenaries. Um, oh. I wonder if we'll ever see, like, additional sub-factions. Like, we saw how the Stormcrows now are like, kind of built into the Targaryen faction. I know the Golden Company has, like, a history of having a lot of, like, expat Targaryens or loyalists in their ranks. I wonder if we might see something where we have like the neutral unit and then like faction specific versions, but maybe mm-hmm. that's like kind of getting ahead in like future iterations of the game. That's a good possibility. I mean, like, right. Like there were sort of, there was like rumors of them aligning with Stannis at one point that he had hired them. Then I there forget, was, was rumors. That, it's, it's been like uh, what 11 years. I mean, that yeah. was, was that just the rumors that they were hired or was that, was they actually, were they actually allied with them? Cause it was like the whole, like, oh. you know, who's it with who at what time. And like, you know, I, I heard a rumor that they're going this way. Oh, actually, no, they're, they're marching the opposite direction. They're not coming to Westeros. Like, right, right. Well, and then, then we do, I think we do actually see them right with, with, uh, with Griff. Right, right, exactly. It's it's hard to say. I mean, I think like ultimately, like where they wind up is probably aligned with Targaryens. But if you watch the show, (laughs) work work with the Lannisters. So I I I don't know. I mean, they probably could go either way. So Um, this will probably affect. It's like definitely going to be in the neutrals. Like I know where Stormcrows, you see like the Targaryen element. This is probably going to be just like pure neutral. Yeah, I, I I would suspect that that's a good possibility. Well, you never know. And then there are all you know other units as well. So not even neutral units. We have Karstark loyalists. Mm-hmm. Now I think the Karstarks were actually mentioned at a Simon Expo. It might actually even go back to like one of the first years that the game had was was talked about at Simon Expo. I'm not, I'm kind of envisioning. I have to go hunt it down, but I think there was maybe a chat with Eric Lang like way back in the beginning. What was it kind of thrown out there like as a name that like this is a concept? And obviously you know the Karstarks are a thing. Um, but it's kind of exciting to see now that we're seeing, you know, more of these Stark subhouses being filled out. And, you know, or is this maybe got like a Bolton synergy? You know, I, I don't know. Maybe. Well, in the book, this is based on the books and the books haven't gotten there yet. Right. So that's, that's the only true. that's the You're only right. thing is like the Karstarks, they were mad at Rob. Right. But they didn't actually like they like left his force, but they didn't join with anybody else as far as I know. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I always forget too that um, the books, it's been such a long time. Like we don't know hmm. if Jon Snow is dead or not. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a heck of a cliffhanger. <laughs> like what if it comes back and they're like, yeah, no, no, he's dead. <laughs> like that was a, you can go a total different direction. So yes, yeah, so I guess in the books, yeah. then they're definitely how Stark loyalists still. Right. That's what, that's what I would suspect. Uh, and you know, I, I get super excited when I see these kind of sub faction groups and obviously, you know, the Starks have a bunch of banner men and they're kind of filling out their different houses, whether it's the Tully or the Umber or the Mormont having car struggle. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. I actually did have a, a friend comment that, you know, they were a little bummed in that they want to see more just plain Stark units besides like Stark sworn sword outriders and archers. Uh, oh. And that they want to play like Starks and not as much Bannermen. And, you know, I hadn't really thought about that because I always think of it kind of like, as a coalition force. You you play a lot of Starks. Does that ever kind of cross your mind? Uh, you know, I was never the biggest fan of most of the generic Stark stuff anyway. Um, so I tended to bring a lot of, you know, mixed mixed units. Mm-hmm. I do think... Um, I do think it's cool to have the option of like some generic Stark forces, you know, just to have a little bit more. But what would they be, right? Like we already kind of got cavalry and a infantry and a bowman unit. So what would be the what would be the yeah. missing piece there? I mean, and there's, I guess, there's also like the honor guard technically. But I guess they were kind of saying they want to have sure. a cool, like an iconic, just like this is a Stark elite unit. 
Um, mm. cause I feel like it often goes to elite units, you know, outside of the house faction or outside of the, you know, that narrow slice. Uh, and I, I never really thought of that. Cause I guess for me, the Stark faction is like kind of really embodied by like the characters, right? Like you care uh. more about like Rob Stark or Ned Stark than you do about like, you know, Stark pointy McStickman or something. <laughs> pending a future, uh, future release here. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's in the, in the hero box for sure. And then, then skipping ahead, also, we have a few other unit boxes mentioned, including the Casterly Rock Honor Guard. And I was trying to think, you know, you can go to a search of Ice and Fire, and it lets you search through keywords in the books. And so I was trying to find out, like, you know, well, what exactly were the Honor Guard? And so I'm not entirely sure. So I could be totally off base here. But I think this might be a reference to a troop type that was mentioned in Feast for Crows. And there was a, a group of troops that escort Tywin's body back to Casterly Rock. Um, I might be wrong. And right. have, you, have you seen this come up in like other games, maybe like the card game or other Song of Ice and Fire properties? I don't specifically remember them. No. Um, you know, in the in the card game, the Lannisters were much more about like the what they call the intrigue phase, which was mm-hmm. like a forced discard. I mean, they had certainly had combat as well, but that was not necessarily their their number one thing. Um, I don't remember a unit with that specific name but they could easily also just be doing this as like a you know um well i guess it's not going to be the same thing as eddard's honor guard is it it'll have to right. be a separate yes. unit because you know we've got the king's guard already um uh, we've hmm. got the red cloaks which are kind of like a more elite uh praetorian style guard they actually even look like i'm kind of have like a romanesque a uh, roman yeah. sort of style so i was like maybe these would be you know another kind of elite unit like a bodyguard unit it could be a, a hero unit like you're saying uh, I thought maybe would we see them start to use some of that like card draw mechanics like we see with the Kingsmen and the Queensmen, or maybe that'll be more of like a Baratheon thing. Um, I hope it's just a Baratheon thing because we're drawing cards that aren't that good. <laughs> if you, if you, Lannister cards. This is the 2021 <laughs> update, man. You know, you got to, you got, you're forgetting the old days, sir. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The, the 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 Baratheon tactics deck went from like a F to a D. To it, what really? All right, fine. You're just jealous. You don't have endless horde. Mm. Oh god. They, well, they had so many. I, listen, they had some really powerful cards in the old edition. Yeah. But then uh, the problem now. was they also had a <laughs> lot of like, yeah, they had like a lot of trigger problems where you'd end up holding a lot of these powerful cards in your hand. Now it's like a lot of cards that are just like, you know, put this on a morale. You know, until you fail a morale test, then it does nothing. <laughs> in, in defense, I'll say I think the tactics cards across most factions got toned down just so they're not like such big playmakers. Except for the free folk who get to just create a unit. <laughs> you guys out here, this is what I have to put put uh, put up with on a regular basis, everybody. Just complaining about the free folk deck. We'll, we'll see. Tonight when we play, I'll bust out some Targaryen, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, can yeah, already yeah. just giving you a heads up. That's going to be hilarious. There's, there's nothing better than seeing a mostly free folk player pull out a bunch of cavalry and try and maneuver and get used to maneuvering maneuvering things like in the so fast and appropriately and not having things get cut huh. off and so well if it makes you feel any better i'm playing like baratheons and a lot of stuff that's like moving like you know four inches so i think i think you'll be able to outmaneuver me pretty uh, pretty we'll safely. See. never underestimate the power of mis- misplays but that being said, we let's do the last of their unit box where we talk about the hero boxes. Uh, there is also mention of the High Garden Pikemen because when you think Baratheon, you're thinking we need a, another defensive unit that is tough to kill for Baratheons. Hopefully, slow would be good. Hopefully, slow. But this is actually going to put you guys maybe a little bit closer to parity. I was actually surprised, and I don't really remember off the top of my head what's 
else is planned and been announced for the releases of this year. Um, but Baratheons are a little bit out of parody right now, right? Yeah, well, I, I will, I'll say this. You know, joke, jokes aside, I think that the Baratheons are actually in a better place with, like, from a unit perspective in the current meta because offense is toned down across the board. So I think defense and healing are kind of at a premium right now. So if you can block hits and recover from wounds, I think that's extremely strong. And I think that, you know, that's maybe a little tougher to pull off with Stannis, but uh, and, and Renly's Forest is... I think he's positioned really well. So I'm interested to see where the pikemen fit in, right? Like what kind of unit are, are we expecting? I mean, are they going to be like a set for charge kind of thing? Are they going to, um, how do they, how do they compare to say Rose Knights and Wardens and Sentinels? Like we have a lot of like elite infantry choices right now. Um, and of course the, uh, the often maligned, they're called Stag Knights. Is that the name of them? I, it's, it's been so long since I've ran them. I, it's, I forget the name. Oh no, they're back. You're talking about the, uh, the Stag Knights. On I've foot. heard. Yes, I've heard that they're better you than they used to be. You got to bust them out. Next, I mean, the next time we play, we'll get, get them on the table more here. Just have like, you know, PTSD from running them the first <laughs> time. Just as like a sample. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> that was also when it was like, I was really getting into you doing like pretty heavily like auto wound lists and stuff too. And just be like, all right. Yeah. I'm, now, yeah. I'm on some slow Baratheons. They're just like, getting nuked right away. Like, <laughs> all right. I get um, it. And so the unsullied pikemen, they're a seven-point unit. They've got set for charge, and they've got shield wall blocking hits. I mean, getting extra damage out there and preventing damage in a a list that's going to probably have some healing uh, elements, like that that could be terrifying. Just think about it this way. Like, how many times is there, like, a a unit where they're rolling, like, seven dice hitting on fours, and you can block D3 hits? It's like, they might not hit you at all. Yeah, that's terrifying. Uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm thinking like best oh, case scenario. Now, but like, they, now just, they switch shield wall, so it's not blocking D3 hits, though. Now it's plus one hit for rank. So you're oh, that's be, right. it's even that's better right. in the beginning, right? Yes. So like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, how do you crack that nut, right? You're going to have to, like, really swing in with something enormous, preferably in the back so that it doesn't. But there's like that's that's kind of hard to orchestrate unless the yeah. person's really not paying attention. So. Yeah, I, I think um, having Sephir Charge be in the flanks and not just the front and Shield Wall does make for a very, very, very tough unit. So start marking, your, start saving up for these. It sounds like one you might get a few units of, maybe two, two at least. So then in the attachment box for Baratheons, you get a Pikeman Captain. I wonder if that's going to be something you're going to want to dump right into the Pikeman, right? Because it had, what was it, Boldness and Courage, plus one attack die at full ranks, plus one rank for attack die. Or if, you know, sometimes I think we see on some some of these more defensive units, they like maybe don't have a decaying profile at the start. Right. So like, you know, like halberdiers, things like that, like they sort of have like you have to get them down to like last rank before. So what I, I'm assuming the pikemen then wouldn't also have that same profile then. So maybe they're maybe they do decay and this would be like sort of a good fit for them. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. But but I mean, that's I think pikemen, spearmen, halberdiers, like that's all stuff that's really cool. I like seeing those like sort of units where like the positioning does matter. And, you know, I know that now the flanks are, are, are more defended. You have to get to the actual rear, but I think it's cool when you have a unit that you're like, okay, like I've got to make sure the facing and everything like lines up correctly. And, and if I position my troops, well, they're very hard to, to get through. But if you crack that nut or you get behind me somehow, now I'm a little bit more open. Um, I think I just like the, the fantasy and the gameplay of that. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, like Spearman should be good at holding points, right? And, and being like an obnoxious unit to charge into. That's that's what they're for. And then we got a bunch of hero boxes. Now, this is the real shocker to me is that they're talking about the Night's Watch Hero Box 3, 
the Lannister Hero Box 3, the Free Folk Heroes Box 3, and a Stark Heroes Box 3. Uh, you know, for some of those, I'm going, wait, wait, wait a second. You know, we, we didn't have a, a Free Folk Heroes Box 2 or a Nightwatch Heroes Box 2. So it might be that that's going to be released before this hmm. next pre-order, uh, you know, phase. But... Yeah, uh, I was gonna say. I was like, I, I got confused for a second there because I was like, I know I have been not paying ultra close attention all the time, but it, it seems uh, I, I don't remember seeing a Night's Watch two or a Free Folk two. Night's Watch two has been that thing of legend, right? That's been kind of like the meme. Like, where, where is it? When's it coming? It was never like. Think a about, <laughs> yeah, like think about Baratheon's like probably a year younger, and they've already got you know yeah. two and an attachments box and everything else. Well, the Night's Watch hero box too. We saw you know very early on in the game's development cycle that that picture of. Uh, that elk, right? That giant elk with cold hands on it or Benjen. Uh, I forget which one it was, but like you, you have this beautiful miniature and then it was never really announced like that there was a Heroes Box 2. And mm-hmm. I think it got announced by like some, like one another one is like stores putting up like a pre-order page or something. So there's been that kind of default banter back and forth. Like, hey, how come we haven't gotten this yet? And it's like, well, it's never technically been really announced, but there've been hints to it. So when it does come, that'll be great. But I think that bodes well, right? To see something that's like, you know, talking about stocking and things like that for Heroes Box 3. Hopefully that 100%. means maybe this year, you know, we get a Heroes Box 2. So, you know, what what might be in a Night's Watch Hero Box 3 then? I mean, I, we have the potential to go for some like really obscure characters here. I was looking on some of, uh, you know, Song of Ice and Fire the wiki and uh you know a search of ice and fire you know looking up like kind of like where it could be some like deep cuts here like where the shira arrows of uh the night's watch you got things like chet the former steward to maester aemon uh mm-hmm. and he got slain and was the that first guy who turned into the white so you know now you could have the night's watch back to like 100 percent more white action right we could have a yeah, this is their chance to introduce it people are always like we want our white walkers you know etc you could have it when he right. dies you could replace it with some monstrosity not going to happen, most likely, but uh, you know, there's there's room to explore this. Yeah, well, I think I think I mean, there's definitely cool characters they haven't gotten to yet. I mean, we haven't seen Benjen yet, correct? You know, but, there's, you know there's there, there, there has been rumors. Hob. I know there was oh, three fingered Hob, interesting. Yeah, let's not forget uh, Jano Slint, who is sent to the wall. I, I don't I don't think I remember him so much, but I kind of glaze over when he gets to talking about Night's Watch. It's like he oh. was the go- the the leader of the Gold Cloaks. That was oh, the corrupt guy yeah. who got sent up north. They even featured him in the in the show. They sure did. Man, yeah, I guess there, there's some cool options for that. It's been a lot of time in that neck of the woods, so there, I, I, there's got to be a lot of... I mean, we're probably missing like some huge people um, that they could easily incorporate. But I think Benjamin's got to be the big one, right? I, you think they're trying to save like a few major references for future hero boxes? Because you're never going to have hero box four, five, six. You know, eventually you're getting down to like a bunch of like, you know, well, these are the, the cook staff, you know, and, uh, sure. you know, you think they're going to kind of spread out. So when you think of some of the more iconic ones that are left, you know, they're probably, I'm assuming, getting held back a little bit or. I mean, that's, you know, a, that's a good out. possibility. Yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily want to just go whole hog and then have like literally nothing else to fall back on. I don't know if we're there yet. Maybe by no. the time they get to Heroes Box 4. um they would. I hate to do those like my uncle work at my uncle works at Nintendo sort of things, but yeah, I've definitely asked Michael Chanel being like, "Hey, you know what? What's going to happen? Are you worried you're going to run into characters?" And he's just like a laugh. <laughs> he's just like, "Yeah, no, there's there's plenty of space. There's plenty there's of things." So to the many characters, and, and don't forget too, they can always do like different versions of characters, right? Like, so oh. Stannis has been released more than once, right? Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of like really unique things that they could release. Like, you know, Jon Snow. I mean, in the card game, there's like three different versions of Jon Snow. Right. And they're all sort of like different stages of his life. And, and you can easily do stuff like that with with this game. Right. Oh, interesting. Good point. 
And, you know, com- commander versions, NCU versions, uh, you know, attachment versions. There's just I, I think Heroes boxes, like almost more than anything else, just adds such a cool variety to the game just because like commanders are such a huge influence on an army uh, that it, it's just so interesting. And like attachments can totally change the way that you build out a list. And so besides the Night's Watch, there's also the Stark Hero box. And, you know, I'm trying to think, are there any major people that you'd like wish to see in a Stark's hero box? I was going to say the, the character I'm thinking of, and I'm trying to remember his name, but do you remember um, Eddard Stark's bodyguard that got stabbed in the neck oh by Jamie Lannister? Gosh, yeah. But it's like, it was like his most trusted bodyguard. And, uh, you know, he had a, in the game, in like the card game, he had this really cool effect where like, if you tried to kill one of my really important characters, I could just kill him instead. <laughs> And I, I would love to see something like that, right? Like where like he almost like step in the way of like a, a of a wound somehow. That'd be fantastic. Or like a bodyguard mechanic. I think Jorah Mormont has a bodyguard attachment. Man, that's a way better. I was gonna I was thinking like of like, you know, old man or something. Talking about like, you know, grumpkins and snarks and things like that. How to get old man in the game. Yeah. I you know, so get get a represent. And maybe she'd like do some boosts or something to Bran or I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. So that would be I mean, there's definitely some some room for Starks. I mean, also then there's all the sub factions they have, right? And and it makes me oh wonder God. if they're talking car starks as a another sub faction coming out. Can we start to see car stark heroes here? Uh, was it Rickard? right? Rich Rickard. Yeah, Rickard. You know, Rickard, you may have stuff like, you know, Rickard, Lord Rickard Karstark. There's a commander for you and have a bunch of Karstark bonuses. Um, Ed, so th- Edmir, Edmir Tully. Oh, you know, everyone, everyone wants him <laughs> except know. his family. Right, right, right. And then, of course, you know, we got the, the real exciting ones then are probably uh, Lannisters and Free Folk because, you know, Free Folk and the Lannisters are just such a characterful family in its own sense. Uh, anyone for the Lannisters that you'd love to see? I think Kevin Lannister is one of those characters that's also factored pretty heavily in the books. That's like really well regarded as a leader, you know, next to, um, of course, Tywin. He's like the next most important Lannister, right? Like he's like uh, uncle to Tyrion and, and uh, to Cersei and everybody. So I think uh, I think he'd be really interesting as a leader, like a, just a ruthless battle commander. Well, now you got me inspired talking about like alternate versions of characters. What if we see a new version of Tyrion Lannister and it's kind of like the Kingsguard box. It's just Tyrion and like the Hill tribes. Uh, yes. you know, and you just have him with like a bunch of these like, you know, not very well trained, you know, uh, you know, barbarian troopers. Yeah, like- the Hill tribes game of Thrones from Game of Thrones. I mean, like that literally could be like a Kingsguard box because there was like, I don't know what, 10 different characters that are just in that one unit. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, I actually, and in, in, in thinking about this, there's a ton of different like sub tribes in the Vale. So oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of room, although he was with the Stone Crows, right? I believe that was, but there's, you know, the Moon Brothers, the Milk Snakes, the Sons of the Tree. So there's like a lot of like weird things they could mine for that. Although I guess maybe they wouldn't all be aligned with Tyrion, would they? Hmm. And they started that way. Yeah. But, you right. know, I still think that'd be, that'd be uh, an unexpected curveball. That'd be kind of cool. I feel like that's a thing maybe people don't know that they want. <laughs> maybe maybe that's just me. But it's like, do people you people realize they, they really want some hill tribes, right? Come on. Every everybody wants Ulf son of Umar. Yes, exactly. He's up there. He's like a like a kind of a petite, like secondary version of like Tormund, you know? He he's got a spot yeah. in everyone's heart. Yeah. Uh, anyone else that I'm skipping over here for Lannisters? Uh, I mean you got Lancel, right? Lancel was another oh, big a big character true. in the book. 
And there's like Podrick as well. Podrick. Oh my gosh. How could you forget Podrick? I mean, talking about bodyguard mechanics, right? If we have, uh, you know, Podrick oh. in there, you know, use him with Tyrion. That, I think he literally did that in the card game too. He was like another character where it was like, you could like sacrifice him instead of like losing your important character. And then, you know, the big elephant in the room here is, is the free folk heroes box three, right? That's, you know, I, I'm still excited to find out more about the hero box too, but for free folk hero box three, man, there's so many ways they can go with this. And I've maybe talked about this, if not on the podcast, but to other people who are, you know, too slow to get away from me, but I'm waiting for Abel the Bard. I think Abel the Bard would be so cool. And, uh, you know, like an elite spearwife unit. And I know, I know he only takes six spearwives when he goes to Winterfell, but I just think like a cool, like Kingsguard style unit, or maybe it's like a giant, like attachment box where it's him. And then a bunch of like these awesome spearwife attachments that could be fantastic. What about, what about, uh, an actual giant? That could be cool. Or, yeah. As, as I, a free folk hero, like maybe it could be your, like a, it'd be like a solo unit commander. I could totally get behind that. What's his name? What one one, right? One one. I would go with a one one. I mean, there's so many interesting characters in the free folk to explore. A minor and the cool thing is like when you have like minor characters that have like weird legendary style abilities. I mean, obviously there's things like Veramir six skins, but there's tons of other skin changers too. Uh, and at that at some point when you start to get like into the grass there a little bit more or into the weeds there a little bit more, um, I think <laughs> you start doing it. That you start, yeah, sorry. <laughs> hey, <laughs> once you start getting the weeds there a little bit more, you start <laughs> thinking about like the animals more than the than the actual characters. Like, uh, you know, Grisilla with her goat. Like, I, w- I want a battle goat. Like, I would totally be about that. If I saw a, a, if it was a, a hero box expansion that came out and I could get like a war goat, like, yeah, you know, I might drop some money on that. Not that I wouldn't buy it anyway, but, you know, yeah. I, could, I, could, I could be ready to that. So there's, there's lots of room for that. Didn't the dwarves ride a battle goat in uh, Hobbit, the, the Battle of the Five, Ar- Five Armies movie? Yeah, so I like talk about the books here, but you know that's kind of like a season eight thing. I think we don't we don't talk about the Hobbit movies that much. I got you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a little tough to watch. Oh my goodness! Uh, but it's so it's cool to see all these expansions being previewed, and it sounds like we got a lot of stuff coming up this year. And you know, we really just hit our first quarterly release. To be honest, right? That last mm-hmm. November one got delayed, and there was all these COVID issues, and so we basically had like a backup of a couple quarters where stuff didn't come out, it seemed. And then we suddenly got it all at once. And so now we're hoping we're going to be on this quarterly release schedule. We saw it deploy. I know there's been lots of news on, uh, I was sharing some things in the On the Table Gaming Discord. There's some, you know, CNN articles, et cetera, talking about like shipping problems. And they actually referenced board game companies specifically, which I thought was maybe unusual when you're talking about like global shipping issues. But hopefully things will start to balance out a little bit more. We've ordered a lot of stuff recently, right? I mean, like yeah. I, I got Kingsman, I got Queensman, I got Shima, uh, the Mormont She Bears. All we I got need now is the cards, right? mammoth. Now I'm ready. I'm so excited. I haven't painted it up yet, but I'm gonna. Yeah. So I, I feel like the floodgates are starting to open a little bit, which is awesome. Like stuff that was out of stock for a really long time is now you know much more readily available. So I mean, hopefully that that can keep up and we can uh, you know. Because it, it's always fun to buy new things. I mean, it's, you know, you yeah. play your old stuff forever, but it's so fun to like just try new stuff out. And you know, uh, you know, the organized play stuff was basically put on hold. It seemed for a year, and so now things are slowly <laughs> starting to open up. And and I recognize that that's not the case everywhere. And there's a lot of other waves coming by. And you know, we urge everyone to be cautious. And yet, like we might see some things coming along that open up and and get people out there playing more in person. So these are kind of exciting time. Yeah, it, it's it, it's 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 been so great to like actually be able to play. We're playing. Later today, yes. I'm taking a, 
an army made up of entirely just new stuff uh, yes. that I haven't and, really played with yet. And I'm going to play Targaryens. <laughs> so we'll see how it's going to be, how that goes. Uh, yeah. But the good news is uh, for a lot of that stuff, I until this like last wave came that I just got with like my dragons and I got some freedmen um, mm-hmm. and pikemen, I had like basically all my stuff painted up. I did paint up a unit of pikemen. But I, I, I got to work. I got a couple hours. I'll try and get my uh, at least a unit of freedmen together so I can have a, a force. No dragons. No, no painted dragons, at least to uh, face off against you today. Are you, are, you playing dra- are you playing dragons today? I think I'm going to wait. I want to wait and paint them up. I think it'll be cooler uh, to gotcha. like, get the full dragon experience by having them go out there. So actually, Goodness. I have it sitting in my desk. I haven't even cracked the seal on the box yet. So I'm going to I'll go do that next. <laughs> what? Go, How do you resist? I know. I've just been sitting there already. I opened actually I opened the Freedman to do an unboxing and then I started painting yeah. them up and I was like, I'll finish these guys off. It's going to be a quick, quick paint. You know, it's three units and then uh, we'll jump in and uh, get to it. I, I, I primed everything silver so that I at least have like a, a, a yeah. starting point. And then I started painting up my Kingsmen, like just like doing like the tabards and like a, a yellow that I found that I liked. So, well, I'm super excited and I'm excited to get a game with you today too in the flesh. And then in the future, we've also been dabbling with some other games. And uh, for a future episode, let's talk about some other uh, board games. And if people are listening, feel free to shoot us a message or drop us a a note in the comments about some games that you really enjoy. And I'm looking for games that uh, kind of capture a little bit of the war gaming experience, but maybe aren't traditional war games. And one game that you exposed me to, and I and I got to play it once, that like intro demo game, and I had a lot of fun, was Undaunted Normandy. And so, you know, people had good experiences with that game. Let us know in the comments below. But let's try and get a few more games in about with that and then talk about that on a future episode. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool game. There's already a few expansions that are available for it. But um, it does, it, you know, in a single box using like a deck building mechanic, it, it, it allows you to sort of recreate the feeling of like a little miniature war game, which is cool. And I love that. It's a great one to travel with, too. So. But let's cut it there. And uh, guys, if you want to help us out, put out more episodes and more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We That is how we fund ourselves. We don't run ads. Although, actually, I can't say that. I did just start selling some T-shirts, but that was kind of mostly yeah. because people were, were begging me about it. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. That'll be fun for some people. So we can get some yeah. T-shirts out there. And then if you are in the Discord uh, or a Patreon supporter, remember, we're doing a hobby hangout on Thursday. Uh, that's probably today for those of you listening with Desi Nose, Mike Meeple, and the folks from the Three Men in a War game. We'll shoot out that Zoom link over Patreon and you guys can jump in. We're just going to hang out. I've got like six boxes of Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff to like assemble. So we're going to just hang out and talk and catch up with people. And so be sure to jump on there and we'll we'll get some more going in the future if you guys enjoy that. And uh, for everybody else, thank you so much for listening. And in the meantime, we hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>